you never have and you never will. Glory to your name. You never have failed, you never will fail. Glory. We thank you, Father. You see all things, you know all things. El Fededrio Taba, Sodomo Rodriguez Fredrici, Bere Corrodo Sekeche Bandere Maradruse Frebete. You know what's stirred in my heart right now is that, uh, uh, you know, God's made his plan for the uh, last days clear. You know, the book of Joel tells us that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. That sons and daughters would prophesy that old men would dream dreams and young men would see visions and upon servants and upon handmaids. He, was pour, he would pour out his spirit. Then it said there'll be signs in the heavens, in the earth, blood, fire, pillars of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Amen. Amen. And, and so we, we see that spoken in the book of Joel. And then we hear Peter quoted in the book of Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls and the, uh, the, the early church was baptized uh, in the Holy Ghost. And we, so we see a measure of the fulfillment of that verse of Scripture. You know, if, if, it, if, it, if it had been over at that moment in time, then Jesus would have come back immediately to take his church. But it wasn't over. Amen. In other words, Peter, you know, he spoke that and he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. I mean, he declared, he declared, hey, this is what this is what this scripture was talking about. But we didn't see the fulfillment of that verse of scripture in Acts chapter two. That 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 scripture wasn't fulfilled in Acts chapter two. That the the beginning of the fulfillment of that scripture. Uh, began to happen there in Acts chapter 2. And I believe that God is going to see it through. You know, in the natural, and this is why I'm saying this, in the natural, rains have come and winds have blown. And darkness seems to have uh, tried to creep in. And there, there, is, there are things that are going on in the world and in the church, in the body of Christ, in some of y'all's lives personally, that it would seem like that there's no way that God could do these things. But you know, that's, that's, that's why God said that he would do these things. He is the God of the impossible. Amen. He's our firm foundation. And that's, that song there, maybe that's why that song resonates so strong. You know, uh, when I heard that song and I heard Ellie uh, play that song for the first time in that revival that we had in uh, Defiance at, uh, at uh, Pete, Pete, Pastor Pete's church, um, it resonated in my spirit. And it wasn't just the fact that it was catchy. It was the fact that it, there was something about that that, that, that it, it doesn't just give people hope that are enduring persecution or trouble, but it gives us hope that God is going to fulfill his purpose and do exactly what he said he would do. God is going to do what he said he would do. And that's what I want to talk to y'all a little bit about tonight. I'm going to, you know, this isn't typically how we would move into these uh, services here, but I, I do want to share something with you um, because it's been stirring in my heart. Ann and I got together today and we had, we had lunch and, and uh, we were talking. And as we were talking, there were some things that I began to realize and, and uh, not, not that I didn't know them before, but some things that just really were stirred up in my heart. And I thought, you know, well, these are things we really need to know right now as God's, as God's people. But run over to the book of, of Galatians with me. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5, and oh, Ramasa Keche Bengeleche. 
Man, the Lord's been, he's been uh, visiting with me all day today. Praise God. <clears throat> now we talked, I talked to y'all yesterday. Yesterday I spoke to you about the house of God, that video that uh, kind of provoked me from Bill Johnson and some of the things that he said. Uh, Brother Ruben sent me that, that video. I probably should have played that for y'all. It was a really good video. It was, it's very short. It's not very uh, long. Um, I thought what he was saying was, was uh, extremely uh, powerful. I thought it was timely. Uh, he actually preached that message a long while back. It, was, it isn't a recent message, but about a year ago, right? And, um, but uh, it's, it just seems to be hitting right now for, for me anyway. Maybe, maybe they're a little ahead of us. But, uh, uh, but for me, man, it seems to be hitting real nice just knowing that, uh, um, that we are standing at a, at a gate um, we are standing at a place where, where uh, God is inviting us into a realm uh, that we, many of us, maybe we've never encountered it. Some of us, we've only encountered the uh, realm, that spirit realm, or that that uh, what what's I think what some people term the the glo- <laughs> I hate to use these terms because they are so not. Um, um, they're overused, and the, the streams in which they use these terms are not streams that I would necessarily want anyone to throw themselves wholeheartedly into. Not that they're totally off base, but it's just, they be, the, uh, anyway, um, but uh, there's a glory realm. There's a realm where the fullness of God is the full measure of his expression is revealed and that is the house of God that's the that is the house of the Lord that 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 realm where God because that's the glory of God the glory of God uh, isn't a cloud the glory of God can manifest with a cloud but the glory of God is God expressing himself in full measure and anytime God starts to flex and express himself in full measure it brings about change in the lives of individuals who have never seen or never experienced him in that in that way but when we begin this journey you know yesterday I told I may, I may have told this yesterday but you know the Bible says that God is light and that in him is no darkness so when when the when the Bible tells us to draw near to God and he'll draw near to us when we begin to draw near to God if God is light and his light shines in our life then that light will begin to expose and reveal things in us that uh, maybe we've never seen before. It will certainly reveal things in us that those around us haven't seen. If, they're, if we're close with them, um, it'll be revealed. There'll be an exposure. I had a dream, and um, we, don't, we, don't, uh, found, we, don't, the found, we don't put the foundation of our lives on dreams and visions. Uh, our foundation is the Word of God and our relationship with Jesus. But if this dream could help you to see something in any way, um, this dream, and some of you have heard me tell a little bit of it. I was in a, a I, in the dream, I went into a where, a, a looked like a warehouse to me. It was a large building and it was very dilapidated. It was, it was the second floor, third floor and fourth floor had caved into the first floor. It was in shambles. The place was a wreck. And when I walked in, there was like this fine dust that was kind of hovering in the place, you know, like in, uh, like you would see uh, when you saw the World Trade Center, you know, come down. That dust 
that uh, it was just a light dust. It was all over the place. And I, I was aware that it was there. In fact, so much so that in the dream, I, I put my hand to my mouth thinking, I need to be careful that I don't breathe too much of this in because it's probably not good for you. And the, the minute I, I saw that, or uh, that I thought that, I saw people collapsing to the ground. And as I took a look around, I began to look around and I recognized the people that I saw. The people that I saw in this dream were people that I had encountered over the years in revival services, people that had been in revival. Hilda was there. Annie was there. Tyler was there. You know, um, every, everybody that I had encountered, and I'm talking about people from years and years ago, uh, I saw them in this, in this dream. And so some people were falling down, uh, uh, being overcome by something that was making them sick. Uh, in that in that building, well, I didn't I didn't know at the time in the in the moment I was dreaming I didn't know what it meant. But when I woke up instantly, the Lord gave me uh, the uh, interpretation of that dream, and He said He told me that that building was a representation of the ch of the church, that the church had become dilapidated. That not the church building, but the church. We're the we're the church. That that it was in it was a wreck. It was in shambles, and um and. He said that, that uh, what I was seeing, you know, people that were getting sick, you know, every, everybody that was in there that was from these revival meetings, they were all trying to clean up the mess that the church had become. They were trying to clean up the mess the church had become. So they're all in there working and cleaning. And while they're working and cleaning, they're falling down and getting sick. And so I, I looked and I noticed that all of that dirt was getting on them. And that was what was making them sick. And I said, look, I, I told someone in the dream, I said, hey, it's the dirt. The dirt is getting on them. That's what's making them sick. You got to get the dirt off of them. You got to get them, you got to get them out of here. So these people that were working to, to restore the church, to, to, to build the church back, to fix what was, what was in shambles, were becoming sick because they were getting the dirt that had, that, that had uh, accumulated there in the church. Well, when I said that, you know, uh, all of a sudden I, I, I look at myself and I'd only been in there for a few minutes, but all of a sudden I realized that I had become dirty along with everybody else. And there was all this dirt on me. I was like, <gasps> and it reminded me of something that I once heard one of my pastors say back in the day. He said, you know, when we, uh, when we read the story of Moses and the Bible says that when Moses went to meet with God, that God met him and God met him in a bush that was on fire, but wasn't consumed by the fire. And that, that Moses saw this bush, of course, you know, if you saw a bush that was burning and wasn't being consumed, it would certainly interest you. So he's looking at this bush and it's, it's burning, but it's not being consumed. And the voice of God comes out of that bush. You remember the first thing God said to Moses when that voice came out of that bush? Anybody remember? Take off your shoes. The very first thing God said to him was, take off your shoes. And, and, and the reason why he told him to take off his shoes was this, because you're standing on holy ground. You know, for a long time, I didn't know, I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't understand that. I didn't know what that meant. And I thought that, you know, uh, certainly there was some symbolism there, but I'd never seen it until one time one of my pastors was preaching. And he said, do you know why God told Moses to take off his shoes? He said, he told Moses to take off his shoes, not because God has something against shoes. But what God was saying to Moses is, 
in your walk, along the way in your walk, you've picked things up uh, as you've been walking. And the closest thing to the ground is our feet and our shoes. And you've picked up some of the dirt in your walk. You need to take that dirt off from your walk before you come and you stand before me. Are y'all hearing me today? <laughs> you know what? Some of you, some of you, you're being convicted more today than you've ever been convicted before. You know, it's been a long time since I've, it's been, a, I'm just going to tell you all straight out as your pastor, I'm experiencing the sting of conviction in a way I haven't experienced probably in the last 20 years. As the Spirit of God begins to pull me and draw me into his presence. You know, what happens when you come into his presence, and that's what happened to me when I came into the church and tried to, in that, in that, in that dream, in that dilapidated building, in that church, when I came in to try to help to clean, and I looked at myself. You know, sometimes when we're in the process of trying to help the church to become what God wants it to be, we don't even realize that we're picking up the mess and the dirt and the stuff that we're, that we're the very things that we're trying uh, to keep from, uh, we're accumulating on us, on us, and we don't we don't realize it when we're not in His presence. And, and you know what? I believe that's where the church has been. The church has been in a place where they've been aware. Many have become aware that something needs to change, but because we haven't been in His presence, we don't know what it's going to take. And and unfortunately, we've lost an entire generation of godly people. I went to my mother's house yesterday after church. It's her birthday. She's 81 years old, and and she's hilarious. She didn't want us to take any pictures of her. She's like, I don't want anyone to see me. They're gonna they're gonna think that old lady. Look how old she's got. Listen, she don't, she's 81 years old and you wouldn't peg her at being 60. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, she looks good, and, but, but she's very self-conscious. But we sat down to talk and as I was talking with her, you know, she, she asked me, she said, she said, mijo, which means my, she says, mijo, what's going on? She says, what's happening? She said, everything is so crazy in the world. She says, but what's happening in the church? What's going on? Tell me what people are doing. Tell me what people are saying. What's happening as you go out there and you go to the church? And, and I told her, I said, mom, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I go to churches and people don't know, people don't know how to pray. People don't know the word of God. People are following, people are calling people prophets and following people that are saying they went to heaven and coming back with reports of people riding dinosaurs. Uh, it would be cool if it was real. <laughs> coming, 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 coming back from heaven and reporting that, you know, people saying, are there, are there skating rinks in heaven? Yes, there are skating rinks and there are competitive venues and there are places where we get to do all these things we love to do. I've got news for you, church. The things that you occupied your time with here on the earth to entertain yourself are going to come to naught in heaven. And, uh, uh, although Ted, he'd love to have a biscuit fountain or a, or a gravy fountain with a biscuit. Just not, that's not, listen, you are not going to think about Brahms. You're not going to think about biscuits. You're not going to think about Mexican food. You're not, those aren't going to be the things that you're going. My God, when we come into the presence of God and he stirs us so strong that sometimes we don't even want to eat when we leave church. Listen, the times that God has touched me in a major way, I hadn't, it hadn't been on my mind where we about to eat at. 
<laughs> but I told, I told my mother, I said, it's, it's, it's bad. I said, but, but good news, something's happening. There's a, there's a stirring. She, she, she said, she said, you know, mom, my, mom and dad, they, they loved the Lord. They went to church. She said they were so old, but they'd get up when they were old. She said, I remember them getting up at three in the morning and driving from, from, um, from defiance to, uh, to Hamler, which is, you know, a pretty good distance away in the, in the dark of the, of the morning, uh, in, in fog and in bad weather every day, because a brother, uh, that was, uh, that, um, was a part of their church had been diagnosed with some kind of illness and had been given up to die. He had something that was working, some kind of infection that was working in his body. And my grandparents would go every day with, with the confidence and with the faith that if they went and prayed and called on the Lord, that he would deliver that man. And you know what? God delivered that man. I told, I told my mother, I said, you know what? There aren't any. I wish, I wish that, uh, that some of you had the privilege of witnessing a life in God like I witnessed in my grandparents. I tell you all, my grandmother was mean as the Dickens, but I'm going to tell you right now, there wasn't a woman on this planet that I knew that could reach heaven as quick as my grandmother could. I mean, she'd open up her mouth and begin to whisper a prayer and the spirit of God would fill the room. And she, she had a walk with God. They didn't, pr they didn't just pray and tarry an hour. They prayed until something happened. I, I'd never, I, I told my mom, I said, Mom, the preachers that I know don't live the life that Grandma and Grandpa lived. The preachers that I know don't, didn't pray the, the prayers like they prayed. They didn't spend the time with God that they spent. They didn't spend, my grandfather was illiterate. He couldn't read a newspaper. He couldn't read a book. He couldn't read something that came across the television. But you know what he could read? The Bible. So he would sit and he would read his Bible. One day I opened up his Bible. You know, I'm going to get his Bible one day from my mother and bring it and show you. And when I first started out, I went and opened up his Bible. And, and when I opened it up, there wasn't one scripture that wasn't highlighted. I went through every page and every page was highlighted. All different colors, but every page was highlighted. And, he, and, and back then they didn't have highlighting markers. What he used was colored pencils. And he highlighted these scriptures with different colored pencils. And, and when I looked at it, I was still pretty cantankerous. I don't even think I was born again the first time I did this to him. But I was like, like we called him Papi. I said, Papi, uh, Puerto Ricans, Papi. I said, why are all these scriptures marked? He said, those are the, <laughs> in Spanish, he said, those are the ones that impacted me the most. I said, Papi, they're all marked. They're all marked. He said, well, at some time or another, it impacted me really strong. Yeah. And I said, so I said, why did you mark them? He said, so I could remember them. I said, you can't remember all of them. He said, read me one of them. And so I flipped through and I, and I read one. You know what he did? He quoted me the verse before and the verse after. For about 20 minutes, I tried to stump him, and I couldn't stump him, not one time. He would quote those verses. In fact, one time, he went through a whole chapter, quoted the whole chapter. He was illiterate, never went to school, couldn't read anything but the Word of God by the Holy... Are you, now, I'm just, I'm telling you this for, for a reason. 
they're, they're, uh, there's a whole generation of people, and they, they weren't alone. I remember, their, I remember their praying friends. I remember when they would get together and pray at the church, and no one had, there was no social media. There was no put it on, the, you know, on Facebook. I mean, they, my grandma would show up to the church, and if someone drove by and saw her car there, pretty soon there's 18, 20, 30 people at the church, and they're, they're not there for a service or to, to get groceries or to be, you know, to, 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 you know, to get clothing or to, 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 to get food or what they're, they're there to pray and to cry out to God. I told you all the story of my sister getting that, getting that hanger. I told, I was telling my mother, I said, I said, you remember when, when Nina, when Tyler's mother got that hanger in her eye and, uh, my dad, you know, my dad was here. I, there, I, there was a part of that. I didn't tell my dad freaked out. I have never seen my dad at that age, I'd never seen my dad panicked or scared, but my dad panicked to the point that he was in tears with, with my sister in his arms, and he was crying and run, running around wondering what to do. Well, my mother went, went next door where my grandparents lived, and pretty soon in walked Grandma and Poppy, and they came in there, and my dad was begging for them to pray for her. You know what? You can go your whole life not believing in prayer. But when you've, when you've witnessed people that pray until something... Are y'all hearing me today? When you witness people that have a, a, a fellowship and a communion with God. <laughs> well, they prayed and that I told you the hanger fell out and she... She didn't go around. She, I was telling her that. I said, I told everybody, you didn't have to go around with an eye patch that you weren't like, Arr! You know, her, her name is, you know, we call her Amy, but her name isn't Amy. Her real name is Amaryllis. Someone just called her Amy one time and it stuck. But her, her name is Amarillis. And she said, she said, yeah, I would have had to go around saying, my name is Amaryllis. <laughs> But my mom and I, we began to talk, and my brother was there, and we began to talk about, about the, uh, uh, the, uh, um, the testimony that, listen, folks, I'm going to tell you something. The testimony, the, the impact. I mean, they've been gone for a long time, but their lives were so impactful. And my, my mother's talking, and she's like, you know, I don't go to church all the time, but I know that God and she, yeah, we were talking and, but we were, we were talking about the, this present age and how, and how things are, are, are going. But I told her there's, there's hope. I said, God's, God's, you know, God's drawing people. I told her about the message I preached that God's just looking for people that will, <laughs> people that, that will pay the cost, that will do whatever it takes that won't let somebody keep them from paying the price that it takes to offer to the Lord whatever it is that he's asking for. Okay. Amen. Amen. But uh, sometimes when we look at the condition of the church and we look at how things are, the enemy can try to come in and try to, try to cause us to become hopeless. And, and, and we've got people in the church that are doing their best. I think some of them, they tried, they tried to fix things, but the way they think things will be fixed is not by, 
not by addressing the problem, not by addressing the issue, but by, by trying to give people something uh, that will distract them away from, you know, when, when COVID hit, uh, God tried to show, show us, the, God tried to show the church that we weren't in the place. Listen, the greatest, the greatest lesson we could take away from that time uh, that, that, that COVID came is that the church wasn't as prepared they weren't in the place that they thought they were. We were weak. We were, we were a bunch of wordless and powerless people, prayerless people, that when darkness and when trouble came, we were confused. Preachers of the gospel locked the doors of their churches and sat at home on their couches and turned on video cameras and encouraged their people not to come to the house of God. How quickly some of these same people that, that endured that hardship have forgotten the lessons that, that the Lord could have taught us uh, by what happened during that, that time. Oh, yeah. Instead, you know what we've done? We're looking for another formula to get people back to church. Instead of, instead of building the house of God, instead of being the gate of heaven, instead of being that place where people can come and experience the glory of God, we're just trying to, we're trying to find another gimmick. Now, I'm not saying us you know, specifically because really, we, we're, we're, I don't think we are. I hope we're not. And if, and if, and if, and if there's anything in us that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, leaning that way, my prayer is, is that God will reveal it to us and that we'll repent. You know, I preached a message last year. The evangelists are coming. You know, that's, 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 a, that's something that's speaking louder in my spirit today than it was even the day that I heard it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all something here today, and I'm, I'm declaring this to you as the, as the, the prophet of this house, but I'm going to declare this to y'all, that the day of those prophetic apostolic things being the being the thing, that's, that's, that's coming quickly to an end. And God is about to raise up a group of men and women with a heart to uh, reconcile man unto God, that have a heart to evangelize, to preach the gospel. You know what? That's the, the, answer, the answer isn't more church services. The answer isn't in more structured church services. The answer isn't in more dynamic services. The answer isn't in giving people more prophecies. You know, what we've tried to do is give people hope by prophesying to them. And we haven't been prophesying. Most people have been prophesying. I mean, we watched a video with Mario Murillo today. He talked about Cat Kerr and some woman called Cat Kerr on the phone and was like, my son died of a drug overdose. He, he, was, he was lost. He was in darkness. He was away from God. And she tried to tell this woman and, and told her. Oh, he went to hell, but Jesus went to hell and dragged him out of hell and gave him a second chance, and he's in heaven with Jesus today. You know, that, that contradicts the word of God. That contradicts the word of God. You know where our hope is? Our hope is in the word of God. Our hope is in the presence of God. Our hope is, is, our hope is in yielding to the spirit of God. Listen, when you yield to the Spirit, that doesn't mean you're not going to be exposed to, to darkness. Some of us trying to keep our children from hearing cuss words. Listen, I've got news for you. If you're raising your kids right, they're going to hear people cuss. But they're going to be prepared for it. 
Some people trying to protect their kids by not letting them see stuff that's scary, you know, on, on television or whatever. Listen, I'm not, I'm, not con- I'm not saying you ought to let your kids see scary stuff on television. I'm not saying you ought to take your kids to a bar and let them hear everybody cuss up a storm. Don't take your kids to a strip club and give them a dollar bill, you know. Don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what? We've got to prepare them for the environment that God's called them to navigate. And God's called them to navigate the darkest times that men have ever lived in. This nation is more godless today than they have ever been before. Are y'all hearing me today? And they've got to be prepared for that environment. If all we do is keep them guarded and protected, and we've, we've got to prepare them for, for what's, what's ahead. You know, in that dream, let me, let me finish this up. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't intend to talk too long, but... In that dream, when I saw that I had become dirty, you know what? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting dirty because I was participating in evil. I was getting dirty because I got my focus on a task that needed to happen. But you know what? Just because the church is dilapidated, just because the church is broke down, just because the church needs reform doesn't mean that that's where we put our focus. Our focus has to remain squarely upon the Lord Jesus. Amen. Otherwise, we're going to fall under the influence of everybody else that had uh, good intentions. We've got to meet regularly with God. He's the only one that can keep us. Are y'all hearing me today? I'm gonna, I know some of you like, Pastor, you said these things, but I'm about to help you. Y'all are going to leave here today extremely helped. I promise you. Just give me, give me a little bit of time. I'm still in development here. So in the dream, off in a corner, I saw a shower, a, a bathroom. It had like, like a shower. So I went to that shower, and I, I went to clean myself off because I'd gotten dirty. I didn't want to fall under the influence of that whatever was getting people sick. But when I went to turn the shower on, um, there, there was mold that came out of the pipe that went to the shower in this corner was just this huge thing of mold. Well, I knew in my dream that that, 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 that pipe, that shower represented prayer. And that, that, that pipe led to heaven. And the only way to get that, what was in heaven on earth to get the crud off is going to have to be broken by prayer. So here's all this mold that I know is only going to come off if I pray. So I begin, to, I begin to pray. I begin to pray. And you know what? I believe when I had that dream, I believe that God spoke that dream to me at that time. And, and, um, and I, I've declared it before, but I really believe that we're in that time. God is drawing us to a place prayer. So Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to read this to you. And this is where I'm going to help you out here big time. Galatians chapter 5, verse, uh, you, y'all be familiar with this scripture, verse 16 It says this, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. You know, I picked that song, Christ is the firm foundation or firm foundation. However, I picked that song today because that song speaks of victory. It doesn't speak of victory because we've 
bound and rebuked because we praised and worshiped. <laughs> it speaks to victory because Christ is our firm foundation. Because Jesus is the center of it all. Because we walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. <laughs> As Anna and I were talking today, um, I, loved, I love that the Lord um, has put his hand on me and had, has put his hand on y'all. Because the Lord, he makes me look like I'm wise. He really does. God makes me look like I'm the smartest person. Like I'm a genius, you know. You know, he's really the genius. But as we were talking today, just something that I, you know, a way that I live my life. You know, Anna was talking to me about, Pastor, how do you live in victory? You know, how do you live in that place where, you're, where you live on top, where you're, not, where you're not discouraged by the battles and by the struggles? And she says, I get, sometimes I get discouraged. Anybody else? Sometimes I get tired of the battle. And I said, well, Anna, it's all about perspective. It's all about where you're looking at the battle from. Are you, are you looking at it from the perspective of the flesh or are you looking at it from the perspective of the spirit? You know, when we hear people talk about what I've been talking about, if you're in the flesh, you know what, you know what happens? You condemn yourself. You begin to shame yourself because shame on me for not praying. Shame on me for becoming dirty. Shame on me. What we don't think is this. You wouldn't have gotten dirty if you hadn't been trying to do the right thing. So you don't understand that there's value in what you're doing. So you're like, it's such a fight. It's such a battle. And sometimes I, I don't make it to my destination. Sometimes I don't arrive at the place. You know why most of us don't arrive at the place where God wants us to be? You know, because some, some, some of you I know are in a panic because of the conversations that I'm having with you. Some of you are in a panic because God touched you in this season. And you're in a panic that uh, it will go away. Do you know what will make that go away? If you don't realize why it's happening. Jesus isn't doing these things because you do everything right. Jesus isn't doing these things because you prayed the right prayers, because you held your mouth. God, God shows up because that's what God does. God shows up. Rains came and winds, rains come, winds blow and if he's our foundation, amen. amen, then when the storms and the battles of life come, uh, when, when we find ourselves still standing, where are we standing? On him, in him. Amen. But I probably, today, the Lord gave me the ability to communicate an analogy to Anna that I think will probably help you all. <laughs> and I said, I said, Anna, you know, don't, when we, when we talk about battling, some of you, you're thinking about battling and you're like, I don't want to go through another battle. I don't want to go through another battle. Because you think of a, when you think of a battle, you're thinking of a boxer, you know, or a MMA fighter. You're thinking of a, 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 a you know, a, a, a war with, with guns and, and, you know, fighting back and forth. But you know what? Some of you face a battle, uh, I face it. There was a battle getting here tonight. I had a point A and I had a point B. Point A was my house. Point B was this church. 
Do you know what? There were obstacles all the way here. Stop signs. Traffic. Pedestrians. Potholes. Slow drivers, crazy drivers, uh, road construction. There were some lanes that I had to merge over, and I couldn't take the lane I wanted to take. You know what? Uh, we, we do it every day. We navigate this life every day. When, when you leave your house, before you leave your house, you don't go, I hate doing this because I know I'm going to have stop signs, and I know that there's going to be bad drivers, and I just don't want to do this again. No, you get in, and you know what? You go in with the idea that you're going to make it to your destination. Amen. You're going to get to where you're going. A stop sign's only going to stop you for a minute. You're only going to stop as long as you need to. If you can float it, you're going to float it. You understand what I'm saying? Slow drivers aren't going to keep you. If you if you can, when you get a chance, you're going to go around them. Come on, you're going to go around them. You're going to, amen. If, if, if the road is closed to where you're going, you know what you're going to do? You're going to find a way around. You're not going to be stopped from getting to where you're going. You, you may not get there the way that you thought was going to take you there, but you're going to arrive. You know why? Because you don't look at that kind of travel like you look at the traveling that you're doing by the Spirit. See, you, you overcomplicate what's going on in the spirit by thinking, oh, this is going to be hard. This is gonna be. No, if, you, if you've determined in your heart and God has determined to take you from point A to point B, no matter how many stop signs you've got to go through, no matter how many detours you face, no matter how many potholes, listen, you might hit a pothole and it might flatten your tire. That's why you have a spare. Glory to God. Amen. You say, well, I don't know how to put it on. That's why you got AAA. Glory to God. Thank God. Amen. That's what roadside assistance is for. That's what the helper is for. That's what the comforter is for. Amen. That's what he's for, to come alongside of you and to help you in the journey. Are y'all hearing me today? See, the devil has tried to put fear in you. You know why? Because fear is a bully. Fear will try to bully you out of, of, out of the devil knows that what God has for you is greater than you could ever do. In fact, the Bible, the Bible says it. The Bible said he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or even think according to the power that works in you. And the devil is trying to persuade you that you're not going to get there. But I've got news for you. God's already settled it. Amen. He's already mapped out a plan. See, some, some people think that they've accomplished walking after the Spirit when it's an, effort, when it's an effortless walk. <laughs> but that's not walking after the Spirit. Some people think it's the walk of the Spirit when they can walk and not fail. No, listen, the walk, if you follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, He'll lead you to places where He knows you're going to fold. He'll lead you to places where he knows. You go, well, why would he do that? Why would, why would he do that? Because he wants you to discover that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord, that you're to be strong in the Lord and in the strength and in the power of his might. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> 
When we get a, when we get a revelation that God's already settled some of these things, that every day we wake up wringing our hands over, wondering how it's going to be done. Some of us face physical challenges, sickness, infirmity, old age. You know, the devil wants you to act your age. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never forget when I heard Brother Copeland say that he, you know, because Brother Copeland, he got that dark, slick hair. And, and I, I had a friend that went and saw Brother Copeland. He said, listen, I'm going to tell you something you don't know about Brother Copeland. You see him up there and he's in them suits. He said, but that man grabbed me. He's strong. He grabbed me. He said, when I grabbed him back, he said, he is solid. He ain't like no old man I've ever. He said, he is solid. He is solid. Dude, that dude works out, I'm sure. He's solid. But Brother Copeland, he's 80, what, 83 now? 83? Maybe 84? So it's 83. Because last time I remember was 82. So he's like, he's 83. Ken Colton was 83 years old. 86. Okay, he's, well, I missed a few of them. So he's 80, he's 86 years old. It was probably about six years ago that I heard him say this. He said, yeah. He said, I started to feel my age the other day. <laughs> it might have been at that conference we went to. I started to feel my age, he said recently. And the Lord asked me, he said, you going to do that? You mean you're going to feel your age? See, some of us will claim our age just to get a discount on our food. <laughs> to get in the fair for free. <laughs> I don't going to mention any names. <laughs> I'm not, not going to mention any names. <laughs> but you know what? We... we we shouldn't be acting our age. We ought, to be acting, we ought to be acting according to the purpose and the plan and the will of God for our life. Some, some of us act like we're in the twilight of our life. But like time has run out. What do you mean time has run out? God gave Abraham and Sarah a promise in their old age when they're, some people like, well, I don't know if I want it then. Listen, what are you, what are you talking about? When the king looked at Sarah and thought she was fine enough to take on as a wife, when she was old. Boy, see, some of you, all, some of you women ought to be grabbing onto this right now. You don't need Mac. You need, you need Jesus. <laughs> I'm not trying to, trying to take away from your business, Lindsay. I know Lindsay, she'd be doing facials and whatnot. I mean, go ahead and do all that stuff. But you know what? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Amen. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. We, we, need, to, we need to look at the, this journey in a different way. You're not failing. If you were failing, you wouldn't be here today. You know what? If you were failing, you wouldn't be angry when you didn't feel like you had hit the mark. You wouldn't feel desperate when you... You know what? Most people don't care. They don't think nothing about it. 
They don't think nothing about prayer. They don't think nothing about reading the word of God. They're just going through life. But you know who the enemy is trying to discourage is y'all. Do you know when you start, you want me to tell you when you start, you want me to know, you want me to tell you what the indicator is? You want to know how you can know whether or not you're walking after the spirit? When you care whether you do or not. Once you care and you want to walk after the Spirit, walking after the Spirit doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. Walking in the Spirit doesn't mean you're not going to have what you consider failures. You're going to do stupid stuff and walking after the Spirit. In fact, you'll be anointed. I mean anointed with an empowering anointing. You'll be there with an... Man, you might be worshiping in the car, caught up in the presence of God. Someone cuts you off, and in a, mo and in a moment you realize, you know, in a moment you realize, oh, wait a minute, yeah, I still, I still have a flesh there. But that don't mean you're not walking after the Spirit. I was watching, I was watching a video today of Benny Hinn I don't know how I got on it. In fact, it took me it took us 15 minutes to find the video so we could watch it some more. But he was talking about how that he was anointed and 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 Benny Hinn. He's always been kind of rough sometimes when he gets under the not as rough as some people, but uh, and not by being ugly to people. But he said uh, that someone had asked him to go and pray for a man in um, in the hospital. He was. Uh, Something was wrong with his back or something. Anyway, he was in bad shape. And this pastor, <laughs> this pastor made him go to the hospital to pray for this guy. And Benny Hinn was not happy about it. He said he had a bad attitude and he had been, he had been preaching in the morning and he was tired and he just wanted to go home. I can't even believe that he told this story. So he said he goes into the hospital and there's this guy and he's annoyed and he's, he's, you know, he's not being very friendly. And so the guy's like, I just want you to pray for me. He said he took and he hit the guy. Not, not, not because the spirit told him. He said because he was in the flesh. He said he hit him. He struck him out of anger. Be healed. Hit him and, and walked out mad because they had taken him to the... He said, he said the, the following Sunday... He, now, get this. This isn't, this isn't Benny in when he's a young, you know, just learning. This is when he's already doing miracle crusades and has a church in Orlando. He already has a worldwide international ministry and he smacks a guy out of anger. He said that that following Sunday, he said he walks up to the pulpit to preach and sitting in the front row is the man that he had prayed for. He said the guy... The guy got up and testified and said, uh, Pastor Benny, he came and he rudely prayed for me, but I was healed. <laughs> that's, that's right. The water came out anyhow. See, we don't understand that because we're God's people and he loves us, we're anointed by his spirit. It, it's our desire to walk after the Spirit. We're not always successful, but you know what? God still works even in the midst of our stupidity. Amen. So you got to take up courage. That's what I'm, I want to say to you today, that those of you that have come here. Take up courage. Take up faith today. 
Some of you, I know you're desperate and you're, you're, you're feeling that desperation and feeling like you're, you're failing. You know what? God didn't, God didn't show up here because he thought you were going to do everything right. And if he showed up, who are you that you could run him off? Are you that important to the, to the temperature of the kingdom? That you could run him off and keep him from doing what he set out in the book of Joel, declaring to the... To, over 2,000 years ago, declaring that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and you're going to ruin it? You might could ruin it for you if you stay in the mully grubs. But if you'll take up faith and with confidence continue your pursuit of the Lord, then anything is possible. Amen. Instead of thinking of it like a boxing match or a battle on a, on a war field, you need to start thinking of it like I just told you. It's, it's a journey from point A to point B. There's construction. There are cops. <laughs> we'll just call that the devil. Anyway. No, no. I'll just kidding. I'll just play. <laughs> I'll just lay it. I'll just lay it. There are, there, there's, there's construction there are potholes. Man, we were, I can't remember where we were going. Every night we were going somewhere to a meeting. Was it Shawnee? We are going to Shawnee and we are heading down the highway. And every night we would hit the same bad spot in that road on Interstate, was it 44 or 40 or 35 or whatever it was. But we would hit the same, every, in Tyler's car, bam! And every time we hit it, we were like, oh, man. <laughs> and we're checking tire pressures, you know, looking for the, you know, for the warning for a flat tire. Thank God there never was one. And either they fixed it or Tyler found a way around it. But, but you know, it was, it, was, it was hard. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you hit it over and over and over again. You know, Ted, we were staying, I'll, I'll tell this one story and then we'll, we'll pray, but... Um, the one church we went to, they put us in an airstream. <laughs> uh, that was that was where they put us to sleep at. It's one of the old airstream. You know what I'm talking about? An airstream looks like a uh, uh, an aluminum cigar, like a torpedo. And uh, yeah, it's a trailer you pull behind your uh, uh, like a uh, camper. And so they put me, Ted, and two other guys to sleep in this camper. And. <laughs> So there we are, and first night we're in there. I'm sleeping. The camper is fr front to back this way, and I'm sleeping from side to side. The bed that I'm in sleeps me from side to side. Ted is in the back of this camper. At 2 in the morning, Mr. I got to pee. You know, 3 in the morning, I got I to gotta pee. And you know how Ted be trying to, trying to be quiet. I don't know what he's trying to do, but he, you know, got, he's got, you know, got them heavy feet. So he comes walking in that airstream, and the whole thing is going side to side as he's walking. So I'm rocking like this. And so I'm awakened by the rocking, and I look, and Ted is getting ready to open up the door, and and the doors aren't very big. They're not very tall. And so Ted, Ted walks, opens up the door, goes to walk out, and bam, hits his head on the... 
Of course, Ted, he, he thinks he's super quiet, but he's like, oh, man, alive, ow. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. And, 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 that's, and, and, and you hear that all the way, all the way from the door. You hear that all the way till he gets in the house to go to the bathroom. Well, then, you know, you kind of hear him shuffling back because he drags his feet. So you hear shuffle, 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 and he, he opens up the door, and when he walks in, bam, hits his head again. Oh, Lord Jesus, oh, my man alive, my, oh, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, oh, God, oh, Jesus, oh, and this is, he thinks he's all quiet. And he's walking back and the whole thing is rocking. We're, we're at this church for a week. He repeats the same process for the next four nights in a row. He hits his head every time. Going out and coming back in. And I have to hear the same thing. Finally, one of those nights, I got, I got tired of it. I'm feeling the rocking. I'm hearing the shuffling. And he opens up the door. I hear the door creak open. And before he can go out, I said, Duck! <laughs> and he goes, Thank you, thank you, Brother Seeky, thank you. And he ducks down and he walks out. For the first time, he goes out without banging his head. You know, I'm going to tell you something, church. You're, no one's any better than you are. We're all working it out. But God is showing up, not just for us, but for many. God is showing up for many. Don't, be, don't let fear. Fear will not produce what God's trying to produce. Only Jesus, the firm foundation, the rock on which we... Listen, he is a firm foundation. Once he's decided... Listen, once he decides to come and to hang out, uh, he's not going to be easily dissuaded. And so... Uh, I, I want you to take that with you this week, and, uh, uh, and I want you to remember that. And as you approach the Lord, approach him with confidence, knowing that he wants to do his work in you in the name of Jesus, that he's not going to, he's not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave us hanging. What he's going to do in this last hour, he's already determined in his heart he's going to do it. I'm, I'm, I don't have to tell you that this year is going to be the most extraordinary year of your lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Not just because of the good things that you're going to reap as a harvest and a blessing in your life, but because Jesus is, Jesus is showing up in his glory and in his power uh, in our lives and in our church. And we're going to see the fulfillment of many things that have been prolonged in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, God, for what you're uh, saying to us, God, what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we're so grateful to you for, uh, for your spirit. God, let, you, let the wind blow and let the fire fall. Let the wind blow and let the fire fall in this place, in our lives, in our homes. Lord, we give you the freedom to do all that you desire to do. Lord, we want to yield ourselves to your spirit. We want to surrender to you. We want to give you first place. 
And so, Lord, by our actions today, everything that we're doing here today, Lord, we're doing in an attempt to get a word from you, for you to give us direction, for you to show us your way. And Lord, I know, I know it's your desire to show us your way. It's your desire to show us your way. So may your ways be revealed unto us in the name of Jesus. May we continue to be drawn by your spirit. May our hearts become uh, even more and more hungry in our pursuit of you. May we die to ourselves and may we live unto you in the name of Jesus. And God, may the enemy not be successful at any attempt that he might uh, throw at us to detour us and to dissuade us. But Lord, may we become stronger and stronger, more determined, God, more dependent on you. The more that the enemy rears his ugly head, God, may, we, may, may, may our strength become greater and greater. Oh, you mandate him, I say. Perefrodosa pandere maradrieshe. Arabrosa pondoro morodrioshe. El fedriectere besia. You know what I just heard in my spirit? Remember I preached a message and I preached it out of that verse that said, and uh, Saul waxed weaker and weaker and David grew stronger and stronger. Uh, and, and, I, and, it, and when I preached that message, I said, it doesn't look like David's getting stronger. It looks like Saul's getting stronger and stronger and David is getting weaker and weaker. But I'm going to tell you this before the ending of this year, the church is going to begin to show the evidence that God is causing us to become stronger and stronger and our enemies are becoming weaker and weaker. I'm speaking that over you in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking that over you in your personal life. Amen. Those things that thought that they were going to overtake you. Amen. All those things that, the, that, that you know, sickness, infirmity, struggle, affliction in the soul, all these things, they're becoming weaker and weaker. And he is becoming stronger and stronger in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. How many of you received this today? Amen. Thank God. Well, again, you never know what will happen up in here, but we're open. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone got anything in their heart that they feel like the Lord is? Amen. I don't want to. Tara, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad you came. Yes, amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. All right. I love you guys. You guys can go in his presence if you want prayer, if you need prayer. Uh, ask someone around you. Ask them if they will pray with you. We certainly will pray with you. We're not a, uh, we're not, we don't have an aversion uh, to, to ministering to people in prayer. So if you need some kind of prayer, uh, let someone know. And definitely one of us will pray with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, you can go in his presence or you can hang out and fellowship uh, in his presence. However you want to do this, uh, you can do it. Praise the Lord. Thank